Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Wei Fang, and uh, welcome to see the to the Wei and Kathy show. And uh, today, I'll be, I'll be your host. So I have two stories to tell you. First is the Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, and what is the you know what happened there, and what kind of issue this has generated? It's quite a quite a visit, and uh, and generated a huge uh, how to say response. The second is Tuesday, yesterday's uh, midterm primary, and which I will report to you the highlights of that. So first, let's talk about this uh, Taiwan visit. I don't know, you know, whether you uh, you've been you know catching up with that, and if you do, write up what's your impression, okay? But it's it's really like a drama. All right, in Taiwan. So first, before Nancy Pelosi um, start her trip, she's leading a like a six member, six congressional member uh, delegation, and all of them are Democrats. So before they left on Sunday, okay, in her um, publicized uh, itinerary, there's nothing mentioned about Taiwan. So no mention of that. So media has been reporting that good, no Taiwan there, and uh, will she stop? Will she not? It's become an international guessing game. All right, and on the way there, and the first stop was uh, Singapore. Over there, she still did not say whether I'm going to Taiwan or not. So the gas continued. So it lasts for like you know three or four days, starting in you know on Friday last week, uh, you know up to Monday. Finally, finally, okay, reporters start to catch on, you know what's what's really happened, or things start to leak out, and then Nancy Pelosi seems to be seems to. Um, you know, to, to be flying to Taiwan. So, okay, then after Singapore, she traveled to Malaysia and stayed there for a few hours, very short time, a few hours. Then on Tuesday night, I'm talking about the Malaysia time, and um, uh, 3, 3.50 in the afternoon, she embarked a, a military airplane, and which uh, left Malaysia. And instead of uh, flying directly to Taiwan, which is, uh, you know, across the South China Sea, to the northeast direction, uh, directly. This is a direct line. Okay, cross South um, South China Sea, uh, and uh, arrive at the Taipei. No, the airplane went to the east and flew for quite a while. Okay, almost like a um, two to three hours flight, more than one thousand miles. And only after the fly across, um, you know, to the southeast of uh, Philippines, start to turn, you know, turn north and. Um, and went to uh, went to Taiwan, so it's really a big roundabout. Altogether, the flight time is like a six hour and uh, forty minutes. As she flew over, that you know, flew over during that uh, six six and a half hours. You know what happened? Because before she came, okay, and the CCP has a very very benevolent, uh, uh, how to say, um, rhetoric uh, on her coming. And uh, the military of the CCP, the PLA, People's Liberation Army, issued a statement like, uh, "We will bury any incoming enemy." And the closest visiting is just like uh, aggression. And then the spokesperson of the China State Department said that uh, our military will not sit idle by, will not sit by idly. And then, then Xi Jinping himself told Biden in the you know in, in the virtual conference, saying that don't play with the fire, and you will get burned. So so on and so forth, okay. And some other, how to say, uh, the proxy of the CCP uh, said his name is Hu Ji Hu Xijing, the Global Times former editor. He said we'll shoot her down, we'll shoot her airplane down, or our military airplane will escort it as it flew in. And then he also said our our jets, our fighter jets, will flew will fly over Taiwan, the island of Taiwan. 
So we are serious, we're not joking. If you don't believe it, wait and see. So all those rhetorics, they've been repeating that for two to three days. And uh, so in all across China, all those, you know, the, the, the Chinese people, the so-called patriotic people, okay, precisely they are called like a little pink heart. Little pink heart is the internet term. So basically those uh, people who are loyal to the party or either hired by the party, another name for them is called 50 cents. So basically back then, the, the CCP paid them 50 cents to post one thing, one, 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 you know, one article or one piece of opinion on their version of tweet, Twitter, which is, which is called Weibo, okay? So they are called uh, 50 cents. So those 50 cents or the little pink heart, why call them pink heart? Because, you know, CCP is communist, right? Communists, their color is red. So they, 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 they try to pretend to be, uh, how to say, objective people, third party, but they are essentially the CCP's loyalist, and they are their fans, so they are called the pink, not completely red, little pink heart, or the you know, 50 cents. So all those people, maybe millions of them, tens of millions of them, I just took a very Ben and spirit and just waiting for whether Nancy Pelosi dared to fly in, and if she does, what, how we took, you know, took her down. Things like that, okay, or at least some major move, some strong move by the party, by our military, will show our strength and will follow through with our threat. Okay, so during that six and a half hour flight, you know, there was a website which is called uh, Flight Radar 24, okay, flightradar24.com, and that website can real-time track any airplane flying. So during that six and a half hours, 500,000 people live at the same time was following the Nancy Pelosi's uh, airplane. So is it big, is it small? Let me, let me just give you a comparison. Okay, last year, when the king of soccer of Argentina, okay, his name is uh, Lionel Messi, if you know, the soccer, soccer king, okay, he's flying from you know, South, uh, South America to the Europe to sign a major deal. His fans, okay, his fans all over the world, this is the best, most renowned soccer player in the world. Okay, which is the biggest sports in the world. 140,000 people followed him as he you know, flew from South America to Europe to sign that big deal contract. And that was the unprecedented you know, following of the fans. Nancy Pelosi got a half a million, three times of that, just watching her airplane and uh, you know, flew to, fly to Taiwan. And what's on those people's mind, right? Can you tell? Okay, it was on their mind. They want to know that whether something is going to happen to that airplane. That's why they keep following that. The traffic was so heavy to the point of they crashed a server. And then the, uh, um, the Flight Radar 24 has to reboot their server and then to accommodate all those huge number of eyeballs. Okay, anyway, six hours and a half, almost like five hours later, the airplane landed in the Songsan Air, you know, airplane, uh, air, airport in Taipei. Okay, nothing happened. Nothing happened, okay? And then Nancy Pelosi stayed there. At that, at that time, you know what? The Weibo, the China's version of uh, Twitter, the commentary, the commentary section was closed, closed to any IP in China. Well, if you're in the US, you're in Taiwan, you can still post something, but if you are in China, you cannot. You cannot even post in that uh, commentary section, which shall be the most uh, crowded or popular or uh, dynamic area. Nobody can post anything, they shut it down. And uh, okay, so why? Because 
<laughs> because the CCP did not follow through with anything. They're afraid of the fire they're gonna let, you know, they have already let, would backfire and just burn them, themselves up. So they shut down the commentary section. And then as Nancy Pelosi, you know, got off the airplane and meet with the foreign minister, uh, Wu Zhaoxie from Taiwan Republic of China or slash Taiwan, and then she then went to the hotel, a five-star hotel, stayed there for a comfortable night. The next morning, she came out and visited the, the, okay, the, the Congress, the Taiwan Congress. So she met with Congress, have a very, how to say, um, leisurely talk there, and then have a closed-door closed section. And then um, she went on to meet with the president of Taiwan, Tsai Ing-wen, the lady, that the, you know, in the front, that's the... Uh, president of Taiwan. Again, they have a leisurely talk. They have a uh, opening cer open ceremony. Then they have a closed door talk. And um, so it's just uh, she seems to Pelosi seems to be taking her time. Afterwards, Pelosi then visited. You know, they have a press conference. Then Pelosi visited uh, a human rights museum, museum in Taiwan. Okay, so after virtually twenty hours of stay, Pelosi flew out of Taiwan at 6 o'clock the next day. Remember, she only stayed in Malaysia for a few hours. So she stayed in Taiwan for 20 hours. This is the first time for the US Speaker of the House that visited Taiwan in 25 years. Last time it was Newt Gingrich. And Speaker Gingrich was there for three hours, only three hours, then she, he left. But uh, Pelosi took the time, and during all the, in, in those, all those duration, nothing happened. The CCP did not make any move. They just shut down the, uh, you know, the commentary section, and then those that really broke the heart of the little pink hearts, okay, and those uh, fifty cents people, okay, they were just commenting there, say, would the uh, would the central government do anything? They would, right? And uh, other comments like, I'm so disappointed. We we were so strong. Why didn't we carry through? And so on and so forth, okay. So basically, th this time, uh, CCP's move, they'd make a big joke of themselves in two regards. First, their objection, their fierce objection, their virtually fatal threat, threatening words, and uh, make a big scene of this visit. It become the focus of interna international media. So it gave Taiwan a lot of exposure, a lot of media exposure, a lot of international exposure. Of course, it also gave uh, Pelosi, quite a bit of exposure, uh, exposure, and then you know people are saying that uh, it's like a second time, second Tiananmen Square for Nancy Pelosi, and then Nancy Pelosi in 1989, she lead, she led the how to say the protest of uh, CCP, the uh, crackdown of the students in, on the Tiananmen Square. Okay, and uh, two years later in 1991, she was visiting China with the um, the Congress uh, congressional delegation. She and the two other House, uh, House members, and one Democrat and one Republican, they went to Tiananmen Square. Over there, three of them opened up a little banner. On the banner it said, um, um, we're commemorating the people who died you know, on, you know, for the democracy. And that's what she did. Okay? So quite a courageous move and earned her a lot of exposure, media exposure. So now in, at the age of 82, almost as the last trip as the Speaker of the House, she's coming to Taiwan and um, just uh, support Taiwan's democracy in a very high profile way. So it's like a you know, beginning there and an ending here. It's just like her you know, connecting, the, finish the loop. Uh, but in the meantime, 
and the CCP was basically just was was caught in no action. They didn't do anything. Okay, so the first thing it gave uh, Taiwan a, a big exposure. Okay, the second it make a joke of the CCP themselves because they were so strong, and then they say everything that possibly can be said, but there's no move. Okay. So that, that's basically the drama. Okay, so people are just making, you know, as the little pink heart was just, uh, you know, shedding tears. They feel so bad and so on and so forth. And the, the people in Taiwan and out in overseas Chinese were just, just ecstatic. They say, oh boy, this CCP, what kind of situation, what kind of, how to say, um, hole they're digging themselves into. And now they cannot c climb out. So anyway, that's basically the story there. So Nancy Pelosi left, left Taiwan. So it's almost like a CCP woke up and they said, we got to take a strong retaliation action. So they, they just announced a, a three-day military drill around the island of Taiwan, six, six regions on the sea, of course. And then those six regions are virtually, virtually circling Taiwan. So it's like, and this is the first thing. It's the first time CCP's military drill was circling Taiwan from all direction. The second, they were so close to the island. On the north side, and the north side, if you took note, the north, the the the, uh, the most north city is called Jilong. Oh, Jilong is a military, it's a navy port. All right. So the um, drill zone is only like a ten sea miles from the Jilong uh, navy port. On the south side of the island is called the Zhuoying Zhuoying uh, navy port, and then the drill zone. Drawn by, drawn by the CCP is only nine sea miles from that. Okay, international law says that. Close to your 12 sea miles to your coastline is your, is, is your water. Anybody who come through, come in, then it's, it's aggression. So not only they have these circling drills around Taiwan, they also virtually, they are, they are so close, it's a threatening, it's, a, it's a pressing, it's a literal, it's a literal aggression. They already, you know, invade. So, of course, Taiwan military is saying that they are guarding tightly, they are being very vigilant, and uh, they're waiting for this storm to go through. And in the meantime, like CNN, Washington Post, a lot of U.S., you know, media commentators, they're saying that uh, it is only, it is, you know, the retaliation and the pressure will only come after Pelosi's visit is over, okay, because China is so close. China is so strong, and China is have inter intertwined, you know, trading relationship with Taiwan. They got enough weapons. They got enough, um, how to say, um, means to pressure Taiwan and harm Taiwan and hurt Taiwan and so on and so forth. Okay, is that so? Is that so? Maybe, and maybe not. Let me just. I just want to share with you my observation. Okay, so Taiwan has two parties, right? One is called uh, um, Democratic Progressive Party. The other is called the Nationalist Party. And then the Nationalist Party is pro-China. The Democratic uh, Progressive Party is pro-U.S. And then the latter is trying to seek for seek after independence without you know without making any real move. Okay, because it's too dangerous. But they are kind of uh, independent, independent leaning. Okay, it's called the DPP. Okay, the other is nationalist. Anyway, every time, every single time, with no exception, every time China or the CCP threatening Taiwan, DPP won. Nationalist loss. That has been the way. Okay, because why? Because it's a democratic country. 
when the CCP supported nationalist and called for unification and uh, dam or pressure or attack the DPP, and then Taiwan, Taiwan people are not happy. When they are not happy, they, they cannot fight with the CCP, but they can fill the ballot at the voting time. So every time the CCP did that, and the DPP won. So this time, this around the island military drill at your virtually your doorstep, or even on your doorstep, that's going to trigger a, another landslide victory by the DPP in the upcoming November election. They got a midterm election in November too. So when they, so DP, uh, C, CCP will virtually just push Taiwan further and further from it, okay? Because CCP was using two, how to say, two ways to win Taiwan over. One is to buy, buy them in. The second is to pressure them. So now increasingly, they gave up the buy way, only just use the threat, you know, you know, use threat. And the threat always work against them, always, with no exception. So as the CCP using this military drill or the pressure or the threat to keep, uh, you know, uh, pressure, pressure Taiwan, it would only push Taiwan further and further into the, the brace of the U.S. And I just want to run a, how to say, um, a hypoth you know, hypothetical theory. And I want to know how you think, okay? So before I get your answer, I do want to open up the chat room and see how you think about that, okay? And uh, I want, just want to get your opinion, all right? And um, so, so if CCP take a very, very harsh um, hand against Taiwan after Pelosi's visit, because this is, this really just make them lose face, okay? In Chinese culture, losing face is a big matter. Make them lose face. Now they're gonna punish Taiwan, punitive, they will, you know, just, uh, introduce punitive, punitive policy on the trade. They're gonna even block Taiwan. Okay, militarily, they're gonna block Taiwan, and then just just all the strong hands. Um, Taiwan is a weak country. It's a very small one. Okay, its military budget is only like a eight eight point six billion dollars. All right, and then every time they buy weapon from the U.S., they pay out of their own pocket. They don't have that much money. All right, so. If they keep doing that, if they keep threatening Taiwan, Taiwan, you know, have what? Taiwan has a democracy that we treasure. Taiwan also have a, have a, a company called the TSMC, TSMC, okay, which is the biggest chip company in the world, in the entire world, the most advanced and the biggest chip company in the world, all right? And um, we need that, we, you know, we need the, product from that company. And then would the US be willing to arm Taiwan with America's money, just like how it arms uh, Ukraine? If that happened, Taiwan will get a big boost. When they are armed by the, with the US military, they shall be able to fend off the CCP. The reason, because there's a big, you know, 250 miles uh, um, Taiwan Strait. It's, it's far more difficult than, you know, how Russia took over uh, Ukraine, which they, they failed at doing so. Um, so at that time, do you think, do you think that, um, you know, U.S. is willing to do that, or would you supporting that? Would you be supporting that by urging your Congress people, you know, your representative, House representative, to, you know, to support Taiwan in the military, I mean, with weapons, and then help this small island to fend off 
this big aggressor of a uh, um, you know Chinese Communist Party. And um, so, what do you think? You know, type up. You know, leave your comment there. I, I really want to learn. learn you know, learn about um, what, how you think. Anyway, I hope you got what I mean. It's a big drama. It's it's a reality show and uh, captured the attention of the you know all people, especially all the Chinese people all over the world. Initially, there was this guessing. Then there was this observing whether Pelosi's airplane will be shot down, and then what would happen? What kind of you know, big, how to say, explosion or big incident will happen, whether any attack will happen during Pelosi's 19 hours in Taiwan, and then so on and so forth. Okay, ended up, you know, CCP lost, lost its face bigly. And then Pelosi just has have her, you know, um, how to say, smooth and the time-taking trip in Taiwan and finish everything that she needs to do and then just left Taiwan in a safe way. Okay, so that's that. So Louis, you said, uh, yes, wait, but Taiwan combined with Vietnam, North Korea, Russia, there are many countries that don't like CCP or China, and they cannot fend them off. Fend them off. Um, right, but I think it's a little different, though. The Vietnam War, right? Behind the Vietnam War is China and the Soviet Union. So it's, it's literally, it's, it's a proxy war. It's, uh, it's very difficult, I think, especially in, in our side, in my opinion, okay? Um, why we lost that war? We have our internal enemy in the 1960s. They are literally they are socialists, you know, who linked up with the, you know, the the, the communists uh, of China and, uh, and the Soviet Union. So it's rather difficult, okay. But Taiwan's uh, I think Taiwan's different, okay. There's Taiwan Strait, and then it's not easy to you know cast that you know cross that street with all your logistic line not uh, not cut off, and then Taiwan people I think they're determined. They're determined. Ukraine set a good example for them. So um, I think, um, yeah, there's a good chance that Taiwan could protect themselves without possibly you know, the, the military support of US, maybe just weapon support before the war, rather than the personnel support during the war. Uh, that's how I see it. OK, now let's move on. Yeah, just leave your comment, and I want to know how you think. Uh, do you think it's an interesting topic for you? But it's very, very attention-catching China, OK? Um, and, and the Taiwan. And Luis also said, I thought CCP was all um, ominous in their control of the information, etc. So there's more to this. Are we uh, at a precipice in China where there are so many people resisting they cannot control? Mm, okay. Um, not yet. Okay. I think the control is very, very tight there. But the more they, you know, the, the more they control it, the longer they control it, the final, how to say, uh, explosion will be bigger. That's the way it is. And uh, James Power, you said, probably the only time in my life I cannot say I'm proud of, I can, uh, probably in, in only time, <clears throat> the only time in my life I can say I'm proud of Nancy Pelosi. Well done. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I would say fair enough. Let me tell you a story, okay. <clears throat> I'm from San Francisco, right? San Francisco is the most, I, I told you this story, I think. Yeah, anyway, it's called Beijing by the Bay, right? It was literally a city bought by the CCP, and with our 24, 25% of population being Chinese, and the CCP can control the city, control the mayor through, uh, you know, the Chinese voters. And then um, um, Nancy Pelosi was elected out of that. And she has been the most anti-CCP, how to say, Democrats in the city that is the most pro-CCP. So she managed to survive um, there politically. How? 
um, two things. Okay, she pretty much keep her uh, human rights agenda in Washington, not locally. Okay, and and she tried to play peace with the you know pro CCP force in the city, and in that way she navigated through that in the last 30, 33 hours, 33 years. Uh, whether I, I like that, agree with that, uh, of course, no, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't. I think locally and federally, it shall be the same. But um, you know, that's, that's what she is. But she clearly has an attitude, has a position on human rights, and she followed through that. She even willing to take the risk. Like uh, in the 1991 on Tiananmen Square, she was you know, arrested, interrogated by police, and finally let go after a few minutes, I think, a few minutes, or maybe 20, 30 minutes. And this time flew in you know, from Malaysia. She risked, indeed, she risked some you know, being shot down. And who knows? You know, so US, who knows whether CCP would do that or not. But actually, to me, as an observation, observer, okay, commentator, I knew that beforehand. They won't do anything. They won't do anything um, because biking dog never bite. Barking dog never bite. Um, okay. Anyway, let's let's quickly move on to the uh, uh, to the midterm election. Uh, I don't know whether you know about the news. There has been kind of interesting development with this uh, two-state, five-state uh, primary: Missouri, Michigan, Arizona, Kansas, and Washington. All right. Okay. Um, well, first has to do with the abortion, which has energized, uh, energized uh, Democrat quite a bit. Okay, uh, there was a, um, a ballot referendum that uh, that would uh, remove the right to abortion from the state constitution. Okay, that was put in front of the voters, and this is in Kansas. Okay, this is in Kansas, and this 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 ballot was uh, was rejected. Okay, this referendum was rejected. Um, and then, the, 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 how to say, the, the people, percentage of people who came out to vote is 50%. And uh, compared to the 36%, that was predicted before the, before the primary. So Democrats re read that as, uh, you know, the abortion, the Roe v. Wade ruling, and uh, triggered and uh, motivated more people uh, who side with abortion, right, to come out to vote. I don't know what's the final answer. This is only very, very early, one day after the election. We still have to you know, observe that. But indeed, okay, the country has been, become more and more open to abortion. And, um, but I still think the Supreme Court's overturning Roe v. Wade is right anyway. Okay, any, well, you know, anyway, right? Because the federal government, including Supreme Court, has nothing to do with it. They should not. They should not infringe upon the right of the state. And they should leave the, you know, the, this uh, decision to the state, in this case in Kansas. And if they seems to make a decision, they still want the abortion, right? Let it be. Let it be. Let other states make their own mind. This is still conforming to the spirit, the very spirit of our constitution written by our founding fathers. So that, okay. I don't know about you, this doesn't bother me, okay? Anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, you know, there's this 10 uh, House Republican um, representatives who you know, vote to impeach Trump and, uh, early last year. And then that move seems to be a career-ending move for them, for many of them. Because out of this 10, four retired before they, you know, even faced the primary election. They just choose not to run anymore. And, uh, and one of them, uh, Tom Rice of South Carolina, was defeated by a Trump-endorsed Republican a few months ago. And then 
another representative from California, David uh, Valado, okay, survived the primary night to remain on ballot in November. Okay? So five are gone, one stay, one survived. Yesterday, three, the remaining three, the, the remaining four, three of them um, went into the primary. Okay? And one of them, uh, Mr. Mer Merger, I think, right? Um, Major, Mr. Major, did not survive. Okay, lost his seat to another Trump-endorsed Republican uh, candidate. And then, then two other people, they are both from Washington, okay? Um, Jamie Harana, Harana uh, Butler, and Dan Newhouse. Their race is too close to call. Okay, we're still waiting whether they're gonna survive the primary or not. And then the last one, the last one is the um, uh, Lisa Cheney, right, Liz Cheney. And uh, her, in this month, she will face primary, and the chances are she are lost. So as high as 90% of them could be gone, and uh, as low as 70%. So anyway, it's, it's, it, is, it seems like a, not a good move career-wise, okay, like a career-ending thing uh, for them. That's what, um, what seems to be unfolding, okay? And then other things are just that the, the election in Arizona primary was quite attention-catching. Okay, Arizona, as you said, is one of the you know, battlefield, right? And this time the, the, the Senate and the uh, GOP, the state secret, secretary of the state, and so on and so forth, all faced this primary between, um, okay, the, the, how to say, the, the existing um, former uh, Republicans versus uh, Trump-endorsed Republican. And what is the most uh, attention-catching is this uh, race between uh, Lisa, Kara. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Carrie Lake, I report to you, right? Carrie Lake, who's, who was a um, um, news anchor, okay, against uh, Karen Tyler Robson. And then it was so close, they cannot call. Only at this moment, it's not even final now. But Carrie Lake already uh, declared victory and, uh, because she's leading by like uh, less than 2% and with 150,000 uh, ballots remain uncounted. But uh, she said, as the you know, counting went on, uh, goes on, she will win more. So anyway, she, she declared she, she, she's going to win, and this is completely a newbie, right? She's, she's completely an outsider. She, she was a news anchor for 20-some years in the major Phoenix uh, television. And then she just gave up all her career, all the well-paying career, and throw herself into this uh, election battle. And it, it seems so far so good for her. She's getting the, you know, the candidacy to the, um, to the November election for the governor of the Arizona. Also, okay, the other one is, has to do with the Secretary of the State and um, Mr. Finchen, okay, Mark Finchen, and the Trump-endorsed candidate went over his opponent and then uh, moved towards the November election, final election. And in Missouri, okay, the victor in the Republican uh, primary for the state's open Senate seat, Okay, Eric Smith, and they led several other state uh, attorneys general in appealing to the Supreme Court in 2020 to take up and possibly throw out um, Biden's election victory in Pennsylvania. All right, and uh, so that's that. And also in M Michigan, okay, and uh, Dixon, Mr. Mrs. I'm sorry, Miss Miss Dixon, and she's a conservative commentator who won the Republican nomination for governor, and then. Um, yeah, and she's a, a Trump-endorsed candidate. So, 
So largely, okay, largely this seems to be the pretty much Trump's uh, endorsed candidate won over almost like across Arizona. And then, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Okay, what, what kind of impact would that have upon the November midterm and the 2024 uh, presidential election? Yeah, so that's that. <clears throat> I want to know how you think. And uh, do you have any comment? And the thing, Jili, you said her trip, Pelosi, I assume, her trip to Taiwan was just to, uh, to deflect, deflect from her husband um, post-trial and the fact that she um, fin-angled to get the judge changed. That was no other reason for her to review her itinerary. Well, okay, I, yeah, I know what you mean. And, um, and Curtis Bartle, you said you are right, uh, but it was also to give China, Taiwan, to give China, Taiwan, EE. What does that mean? I, I don't know. Daniel Solomon, thank you for your donation. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, so and ZZZ status, he said, we told Taiwan, we would defend them. Yeah, I don't know. How, how, what's, your, what's your attitude about Taiwan? You know, this, <clears throat> you know there, there's, a, there's this Taiwan caucus, right? Taiwan caucus in the Congress. Uh, one in the Senate, called the Senate Taiwan Caucus. Out of 100 senators, what's the, how many members there? 33. One third of our senators are in the Taiwan caucus, which means, pretty much it means the friends of Taiwan. Okay, they will support, you know, I, I think generally any act that is, that, that is uh, endorsed Taiwan. And then in the House, the House Taiwan caucus, there are 229 people, 229 congressional members. Out of 435, which is 52%. And if there's a, you know, a law, a, a, a piece of legislature that support Taiwan, almost you can, you can rest assured that it will pass House. And then in the Senate, they, were, they virtually already got 33 votes. So it's not hard for, you know, for the House and the Senate to pass any law, strong law supporting Taiwan, if there's a major crisis okay, in Taiwan or major threat by Taiwan. And Biden, even though I think he's not too fond of fighting a war, I don't think he will veto such a law passed by the Congress. So Taiwan has very, very strong backing in the Congress. And I, be, <coughs> yeah, <coughs> I travel to the, how to say, Washington, D.C. <coughs> I work in the Congress as a reporter for a few years. I remember that how that Taiwan caucus was built okay, by those diplomats from Taiwan who are very humble, who are very persistent, who are very courteous, and who are very, how to say, they're very, yeah, they're just very strong, okay, strong and persistent and never, you know, they, they, they view themselves as often, often of the international community, okay, they're very alone, you know, U.S., you know, we deserted them in 1972 to win over China against Soviet Union, okay, they lost their big ally, and then they, they, they're pretty much by themselves. And then they only have like 20 um, countries who have a foreign relationship with them. And those are tiny, teeny, you know, like island country, like in the South Pacific or in the, or in the Caribbean or in the South, uh, how to say, mid, mid uh, how to say, uh, mid and South America. Okay. And then how do they maintain them? They buy them out. They just buy them. And the CCP went to buy them too. So it's not a worthy battle. Okay. And in those countries, they're just vowing for money from one of them and make a decision on whether to maintain or cut their relationship with Taiwan. So it's just very sad, okay, over the years. But they've been, you know, persistent. They hang on, they basically hang in there for this many years. But it's a very um, kind country with a very kind people. They're very humble. They're very nice. 
they produce great things. And then I went to Taiwan for 10 times, actually, in the last uh, uh, 15 years. I have great respect for them. So anyway, so maybe finally, in Chinese, we call it the de bu gu bi ling. If a country has, or, or a person have, have virtue, um, he will find good neighbors. Okay, people will take care of this person or this country. Let's hope that's the case, because um, I, I myself, I love Taiwan. And uh, I love China too. I just don't, love, don't like CCP, okay? So US, Taiwan, and uh, China, the China with no CCP, um, you know, shall be great, great allies, shall be great countries, you know, for this world. All right, okay, that's all for today. And, uh, you know, uh, Hollis, you want a joke? I, sorry, I, I just, I, I only have this little thing. Let's see whether this is going to work, okay? <clears throat> um, so how do you call the, the, the kitten, a uh, kid, right? How do you call a kitty communist party? What is the, what's the leader? What's the name of the leaders of, of the leader of the Kitty Communist Party? Chairman, meow. <laughs> okay, sorry. I should not laugh, right? As the joke teller, I should not laugh. Um, but anyway, okay, that would be all for tonight. Thank you very much. Kathy will be here t uh, tomorrow. We're trying to make this daily show. And um, yeah, thank you for staying with us tonight. I hope you have a great night, and I'll see you again. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye.